All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show, a men's interview, interest, and improvement focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats covering all aspects of their story from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Trip Kramer, a.k.a. Trip Advice. Trip is a leading men's dating and relationship coach who is the number one dating channel on YouTube. Trip became frustrated with his own struggles with women when he was in college. He struggled to build attraction and escape the friend zone with the girls he would meet. He eventually decided enough was enough and he wanted to get a handle on this and meet the women he always wanted to in his life. He tried pickup and found it didn't work for him as he felt inauthentic and he was playing a character and girls picked up on this. He was determined to figure it a better way, so he went out routinely and approached women being himself and found the strategies and tips that eventually worked with the women, so he built a dating toolbox that brought dates and relationships with the women he had always wished for. Furthermore, he figured out what makes a man truly attractive and how to be the most attractive version of yourself and stay true to who you are. As his success with women increased, he realised he was onto something and started his own podcast and dating company to help others. To date, he has coached thousands of men to become truly confident and attract the women of their choice. His passion remains helping men become powerful, confident and date any kind of woman they want, all while being true to themselves. And in this interview, we discuss relationships and dating, how to become more attractive to women, what truly matters how to build attraction during conversations, how to ask for her number, how to get more dates, and so much more. And now, let's get to the interview. Thank you so much for doing this trip. I've become a major fan of your podcast over the last wee while. Um, now with COVID coming and everybody's getting sort of back into semi-normality and people are looking to date again, I thought this was a perfect time to have you on. But for those who maybe don't recognize the name, could you just give a quick intro of who you are and why you're sort of changing dating in general? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm Trip Kramer. I, I run the, the company Trip Advice at tripadvice.com. I'm a dating coach for shy men and really all men who are looking to get better at dating, which means get a girlfriend, lose their virginity, be able to have the kind of dating life they want, meet the kinds of women that they don't settle for. And I've been doing it for the past 10 years. The reason why I got into it was because I was a guy who was shy and didn't have the dating life that I wanted and wasn't attracting the women that I wanted to, the ones that I wanted to either sleep with or get into relationships with. And it didn't work out for me for many years. So I decided to dive deep into the world of understanding how to meet women, attraction. There was books like The Game and Pickup Advice, you know, material out there. And those diving into that, whatever I can get my hands on and I put myself through my own boot camp, so to speak, in terms of learning how to go out there and approach women. And I did this for about a year to two years straight. So I was going out, meeting women nonstop, learning how to approach, learning how to flirt, learning how to be more charismatic and more confident. Didn't realize it was something you could learn until I found that there was material out there, just like maybe someone's listening right now to material like this. And I kind of took it to that next level, you know, going out like almost every day for two years. And I ended up getting results. And I thought, man, I, I know I can help other guys get good at this. So me and a buddy started a podcast, not the one that I do now, the one I do now called How to Talk to Girls is one that's five years old. But the one I started that I'm mentioning now is back in 2009, over 10 years ago. But that podcast is no longer, but I was doing that for a year or two. And that just pushed me into wanting to start my own thing where I help guys and help them in terms of meeting more women and, and getting out of their shyness. And and that's what I, I started. I started that 10 years ago and I've been doing it ever since. And it's been rewarding. It's been challenging, but I live it and uh, I love doing it every single day. And, and I love getting opportunities like this to come on a podcast and, and share whatever I can. 
because that's how I originally found you was through your first podcast. You know, yeah, I just, through dudes talking about chicks. Uh, I had just started going out. Um, I'd been really shy, self-reserved, and I really struggled with approaching women, even going into social situations. And I started finding you, um, real social dynamics and companies like that. And I thought, like you said, it was like, oh, this can be taught. You know, this isn't something you're just born with or you suck at it. You can actually learn this. You can be good at this kind of an environment. Where, how did you struggle with that initially? Were you quite sort of reserved when you were younger and, you know, didn't like approaching women? Or, like, what was that? What, can you remember that moment that you thought, no, I need to change this. I need to learn how to do it. Yeah, I was, well, I was what I would call a shy extrovert. So I did like being social. I did like hanging out with friends. I did like, you know, being around people, but I was just very shy. And those kinds of people exist. Clearly, I'm one of those people. So I still was nervous to talk to people. I was nervous to, you know, go outside of my immediate friend group or immediate social circle to meet women. I got friend zoned quite a bit in college and all the way back into high school. So I wasn't meeting the women that I really wanted to meet unless I was really drunk. And even then that didn't even work that well. So it was just, uh, it was a, it was a challenge for all my childhood into my, you know, early twenties. And then I ended up moving to Los Angeles from Chicago to pursue a career in entertainment and working in entertainment in LA with only a couple of friends that I really knew in barely any social circle, I found myself very isolated and, being very isolated can be very tough, especially on an extrovert. And I was like, well, I got to learn how to meet other people. I got to learn how to meet women. And there wasn't apps at this time. Tinder didn't come out till 2012. And we're talking, this is 2007, 2008. So what I ended up doing was, I mean, that's, I mean, that was it. Like I already told the rest of that part, you know, as I found the information online and read the book, the game, and it kind of introduced me to this world of learning how to meet women. But yeah, I was just, I was just all alone. And I realized I had to do something or else I'd be completely stuck. And and I was doing online dating. There was online dating, which is, you know, I don't know if people even do that anymore, but, you know, they go on sites and they message women instead of swiping. And what ended up happening was I just wasn't getting the results that I wanted and I wasn't meeting the women that I wanted. So I was like, all right, this is it. I am now forced to go out and meet women. I'm actually really glad that Tinder wasn't around because I just have a have a gut feeling I might have stuck around a little longer in this phase of, okay, I'm getting a little bit of results. Like I meet a girl here and there, and that would have just kept me in that bubble and not pushed me to go out and meet people in person because I was too scared to do it. So eventually, that's what ended up happening. I was past my breaking point, and I went out and started approaching women, and it was very, very hard. <laughs> it was insanely hard, but uh, but it took time, and I'm really glad that I went through that process because it worked. It just took a lot of time and a lot of shitty nights. And I just had to get through it to finally come out on the other side. I definitely remember those days of like, was it plenty of fish and there you go. Uh, what, yeah, sure. What other sites we used yeah, and it was just fish, it's still around. Okay. Cupid. I don't even know if I ever used that one. I never, that didn't actually get too popular till after I was using sites like J date. I, I was on, I think I was on a match, you know, the, the most popular ones at the time were eHarmony, Match, Plenty of Fish, and uh, and J-Date. Those were like the uh, biggest ones that existed. I mean, I was, I'm still using Match up until about a couple of years ago, and then I went back on it and just, yeah, it's changed. You know, there's a lot more kind of ego-driven people on it. They just want the, the the stats, you know, they want people just to email them and fawn over them, but they have no real interest in dating you. And I kind of seen a lot of shallow people on there. I was really surprised because March used to be quite good for meeting people on it. Um, I mean, I, I know how you feel like that moment of you sit, you're in your little bubble, but you're getting just enough kind of interest. You're getting enough dates just to keep you in that sort of safe space to yeah. kind of say, I don't need to a meeting people, but it's not never the right person for you. It's never the right type of person. And do you think, is that what you see a lot of your clients going wrong initially is that they think there's nothing wrong. They, or they have that fixed mindset that they can't go and meet new people. So they have to, 
it's a it's a horrible phrase, but to take what they 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 can get. Yeah, they settle. You know, they settle, and and I see a lot of guys doing that, and I believe that the divorce rate in America, which is extremely high, is is one of the reasons for that is you settle with someone you don't really like, but you end up having kids. And, and, you know, I say that maybe that's a little intense. You know, you like them enough. Obviously you're getting, you're getting married to them and you're having kids, mm. with them, but, but maybe there was someone who was a better fit. And I want to get people stuck in, into this uh, paradox of choice situation. You know, this whole idea where, well, now we can swipe and we can, learn how to approach girls. So now we have so many options that you don't end up picking. That's not good either. So I'm not trying to force any guy to go far on the other end of the spectrum of, well, now, you know, how do you pick, right? The other end of the spectrum is you settle and you want to find somewhere in the middle there where you're not settling at all. You're finding someone who's great, but, you know, the grass is always greener. So maybe there's someone out there who you think is better for you, but in reality, the person in front of you is is good enough. And I don't say that in the settling way. I say it in the way where that they're good enough. Like you got it. You got the person who you really want. And you, and it's a good person. And, and you stick with that. And you don't need to keep bopping around too much. I mean, that's if you're looking for a relationship. Because, mm. I mean, I think a lot of the, the issues we have is we still have this old belief that you have to be married before you're 30. You have to have the 2.4 kids. You know, you have to... It's almost like, you know, this is what society has dictated for you and you're a failure if you don't. And nowadays people are changing jobs the whole time. You know, people are getting married in their 90s and all these kind of old ages. People are chasing their dreams even after retirement and stuff. And it's, I think, you know, we kind of have to forget past the old sort of stereotypes. Um, I mean, one thing, before we go any further, I probably better to sort of say a lot of people think of, Anybody that teaches guys to get better at meeting women, etc., it's pick up and it's you know you're devious and you're doing this and you're doing that. But your stuff is nothing like what you know the sleazy pick up thing. But how would what's your opinion on pick up? You know how do you feel that your your sort of teachings differentiate from that because they're a world apart. But for people who don't know that this side of things, how how would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, I'd say pickup material is is more on the on the side of you know doing a lot of things that aren't congruent with who you are. So if you go deep into pickup material, find a lot of what's called routines or things to say that are just complete lies and weird techniques and things that just you're you're almost like playing a character. That's and, why I stopped doing it. Yeah, me too. It just was like this is too weird, and also it was just kind of hard. To be honest, it was it was hard to learn all that stuff and memorize routines. And and if you go into like the old pickup stuff, like mystery method, you know that's that's hard. Like I'm not saying it doesn't work. The, clearly, all this stuff works, but it's like really challenging. And also, it's like who are you becoming? It's really you. You don't feel right about it. You feel very strange about it. And you're just, you're overworking. Like his whole model is extensive where I don't think it needs to be that difficult. I've really broken down what I think works and know what works into a very simple system. And of course, we're all, you know, have created systems, all the coaches. So we all have something, but I believe mine is simple and it's elegant and it's easy to use and it will keep you being the same person that you are. And it's not going to be, sleazy or inauthentic and you can still be you, you know, and I think that's the the new wave and, and where things are going and it is possible. Of course, everything takes work. So whether you're doing pickup artist information or advice and, or you're doing the advice that I give, you still need to put in the time, the energy, the effort, you need to go out, you need to approach women, you need to get rejected. There's things that you need to go through that are going to be challenging no matter what material you're using. But I like to say that my stuff is just a little bit more simplistic, but still works and doesn't change who you are uh, in the inside, basically. Because that's something I really struggled with the pickup attitude was it was here's a stock line to use. Go into any situation with any person and just say this and don't show any part of your personality. And I thought 
none of this was me and i think people people are very easy if you're not congruent to who you truly are i mean how how would you advise somebody listening to this so say they've been single for a while like majority of us are coming out of lockdowns so you're going to be in a situation where you've maybe not dated for a while and people are all want to get back on so if we look at it from that sort of side of approach how would you start somebody now who's looking to become more attractive to to build their kind of life to be attractive enough that women are naturally drawn to it who want to be part of it how would you start working with a client into changing their fixed mindset changing their approach to life their just making them more attractive in general yeah i mean it's a it's a big question and, and basically i could speak on this for about 20 hours straight but if i had to just give the kind of overall general idea here first of all you got to work on a few limiting beliefs and we go over that in my coaching program you know helping you with rejection fear of rejection embarrassment of people watching um, going over the whole idea of putting women on a pedestal thinking you're not good enough to have a very attractive woman or a quality woman so we ha we have mindset work to go over but then you do have to become an attractive guy. You know, they have to be somewhat attracted to you. And we do that through going through two sections of who a man is comprised of, which is their inner qualities and their outer qualities. So the inner qualities is your behaviors. So inner qualities is just the way you behave. And your outer qualities are all the things that most guys usually focus on or think that they need to focus on, which is your money, your looks, your lifestyle, your status. Both are very important. You need to work on both. My book, Magnetic, talks about this in depth. But basically, what, I, what I've figured out is that you are going to be concentrating very hard on improving and excelling in your inner qualities area, your behavior. And then with your outer qualities, you're just going to be always optimizing those in the background for you, the rest of your life. So what I mean is, is you're going to work on your behaviors, aka inner qualities. That's the way that you talk to women. That's the way that you behave with them. That's your confidence. That's your courage. That's your self-esteem. That's your charisma. That's the way you're going to be able to talk to a woman. And I have a whole system, which I call TED, which stands for Attention, Entertainment, and Dominance, which are the main three behaviors that you need to work on to be a more attractive person. What guys don't understand is they're focusing more on, I got to be more attractive physically. I got to make more money. I got to have higher status. That's a very hard game to play because there's always going to be a guy who's more attractive than you and has more money than you, and it's just much harder. And so it's going to be way more efficient to work on your inner qualities because that's something that you can't fake. So you have to make sure that what you're doing is you're working more in your behaviors and optimizing your outer qualities. So you work on the TED system that I've just talked about a little bit. So on your behaviors and in the background, you got to look as attractive as you can dress the best that you can do the best with grooming that you can make sure that you're living a life that's purposeful to you in your career and in the way that you're pursuing your goals, making sure that you have a good lifestyle with friends around you and a social circle that brings you up and lifts you up. And that's stuff that is not going to happen overnight, and that's okay. And then, by the way, that was one of the problems I remember having when I was diving into pickup material. I remember getting a program, and I remember the guy was talking a lot about all these things to do with, like, make sure you get a car that's going to be, you know, not too expensive, but it's nice enough, and like all these details. And it's like, wait, what? I just want to learn how to talk to girls, like what is all this stuff? And it got me so overwhelmed and I, I did not finish that program. And so I realized that, yeah, that stuff is important, but it's okay if it's not all handled right now. You just start today and you continue to optimize forever. You're always going to be optimizing your health, your grooming, your fashion. That stuff is always going to be there in the background. But what you're going to focus on now is changing the way that you behave, changing the way that you talk to women, the way that you are going to be approaching them and giving them eye contact and talking about the things that are challenging to them and being able to entertain yourself through the process so that they can 
attached to that energy and be really interested in being around you when they are having conversations with you and making them chase you a little bit. All that stuff is the stuff you work on now. So without going you know, too deep into all the little details, that's the basic structure that I found that's absolute best. And what's cool about that is that's, that's just the formula for an awesome life. So you're going to get better at meeting women, but you're also going to have an awesome life from it because it's working on all the areas. Those are all the areas that make you attractive. So it's really this awesome killing two birds with one stone situation. I love that because that was initially like when I used to do these kind of interviews with like sort of dating focused, it was always, how do you approach a girl? How do you do your body language? How do you do like the indicators of interest and all this kind of stuff? But I found as I've sort of developed through the, like doing the podcast and getting self-development it's a lot of times it's if you build a life that's fun and attractive and, you know, it's always on the go and things are getting done and, you know, you've got good friends and you've you've got it set up. Women want to be part of that. You know, people are naturally drawn into it, so you get better friends. You know, you're, you get better relationships in general. And I think that's the point is, like, a lot of guys think, oh, no, the woman will complete me. So they put them on a pedestal. Or I need a woman to make my life better rather than saying, well, I'm going to make my life as good as possible, you know, taking up jujitsu, taking up guitar, going salsa dancing, whatever it is. They think that the woman is the the missing piece of them, that they'll make them whole. And I think that's where a lot of guys forget it's, it's you know, you're, it's to become part of your life. It's not to be your life. And, you know, I mean, I certainly struggled with that. I thought there was something wrong with me. I needed to be, I was only happy when I was in a relationship, but then I was never happy in a relationship. I wanted to be single again. And it's, it's certainly a difficult one. Um, but you know, for say you've got a guy listening who's thinking, okay, I'm going to go and hit the gym. I'm going to start getting some decent clothes. I'm going to start looking at improving each area of my life, just even a 1% better every day. How do you come from the attitude of, Let's be social to everybody. I mean, I was raised, you know, you speak to the janitor as much as the CEO. You go and you help anybody just for the sake of helping them. But you're, you know, you always chat to everybody and how's your day going? And, you know, you just work on your social skills that way. Is that a good way of doing it? Because, I mean, that's how I initially did it. I spoke to the cashier. I spoke to the guy stuck in the trolleys of a past him and we caught, you know, eyes met or whatever. How do you get a client more social? How do you get their communication skills up? That you know, because holding a conversation for a long time with a potential girlfriend or somebody you're dating is a struggle. For guys who are not social at all, how do you start getting their their confidence up in this area? Well, yeah, I mean that's definitely step one, and I really like that you went through that, and that's really good advice. You want to be talking to everybody. Any opportunity you have to talk to someone is a great opportunity. So you can get used to talk to every single person. So you have the opportunity to experience getting better with talking to women. So any opportunity you have to talk to someone is great practice, great practice for you to be really good at it just being able to have conversation with a stranger. So I agree with that. You want to be talking to you know, the CEOs and the janitors and the bus drivers and the person next to you and starting conversations as much as you can to tap into that. You know, one of the things that I do with guys, especially in my coaching program, is I hold them accountable to do certain amount of approaches every single week so they can get out there and start conversations with women and be able to practice the approach and get numbers and and be able to do that. So it's a slow process, but you start with one approach at a time to get better and you ease your way into it. You know, you don't need to learn all this pick a material and then the first girl you approach just dispense all, you know, all this material onto her and, and do it. No, it, it, as long as you're going out there and even asking directions somewhere for crying out loud or, or just starting a conversation with anyone is going to be, is going to be, you know, a great first step. So then you can get used to all this socializing. So that's what I have guys do is I start small and baby step their way all the way to the point where they're talking to women that they're really attracted to and getting their number. So what would be like the the kind of goal from that? Would you just say to them, right, I want you to go up there and even if you just say like, you know, where's the nearest pub or where would you know that the time is? I think was the one they used to always say in the pickup forums. Is that is it basic just to get 
you say something, get a reply back? Are you, or do you want them then to start building on that? Have you got set goals when you set yeah, these definitely. challenges? Yeah, first you want to just get a couple of approaches in. See if you can go up and ask directions somewhere. See, you can, see if you can ask what the time is. It's kind of like a video game. And you start off really easy. And if you can do that, then you go to the next level. You know, the next level would be, can you go up to someone and just give them a compliment and walk away? Can you do that to a very pretty woman, one that you're very attracted to who's intimidating? After that, can you go up to someone and ask them directions somewhere, but then try to continue conversation after that about something else, anything else? Can you then after that, and this would be like the final level, just go up to a woman and say, hey, I saw you over here. You look nice. I wanted to come meet you. I'm Trip. And then can you do that and then try to get a conversation going for 15 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute? three minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and then practicing being able to keep that conversation going. And then from there, let's learn how to flirt a little bit, challenge her a little bit to get her to chase you. Make sure that you're having proper attention principles in there, which means making sure you're building sexual tension by giving her good eye contact and doing some of that flirting. And so we, we practice this and we do it step by step until slowly but surely you become a rock star at this and unstoppable because you're practicing all these little things, which most guys don't practice, but it's kind of crazy. You can get good at it. And even if guys are saying, well, they still won't like me. I'm broke. I'm ugly. I'm, I have, you know, I don't have a good job. Like, well, again, you optimize the best you can, but the behaviors hold such a heavier weight in terms of attraction. A woman will forgive a lot more than you think in terms of your looks if you're very charismatic and know how to speak to her. Because I certainly used to think like, you know, the really hot girls were going to be like this next level of like chat and there's no way they'd be interested in what I had to say. And half the time it's like, you know, they, they are very kind of, they're very quiet because they're used to being talked to or, you know, they're, they don't get asked a lot of stuff about themselves because guys are trying too busy, trying to, to sell themselves to them. And there's sometimes there's some of the nicest people. And I, I think it's a real shame that a lot of guys are terrified to go and speak to these people. I mean, the, something I struggled with was I would immediately go and think, Oh, I've been chatting to this person for ages and it'd be like five minutes because I was so worried about what I was saying and their reaction and thinking, you know, like, especially with the pickup, I always thought like, it was like imposter syndrome. You know, they're going to go, you know, this is all bullshit into it. You're just making this up as you go along. And it, cause I just felt like it was a shell of somebody. I was playing a character, like you said, but what should we be looking for? You know, for people who are going to chat, is there, I know this old, the old saying indicators of interest, is there things you should notice in a girl when she starts flirting back? How would you define fl flirty behavior to know that they are looking to maybe ask for the number for, you know, saying, oh, do you want to meet up for a drink later? Or like, how do we know when we go from a sort of uh, a nice social interaction into a more kind of dating focus? So you're saying, how do you know when it's a good time to get a number and, 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 and the vibe is there? It's more kind of like, how do I realize that the person I'm speaking to is actually not being friendly and just kind of, oh, it's a random person speaking to me, but how to know that they want to maybe take this a bit further and they're maybe attracted to you. Do you have things that you notice, like you get them to look for their eye contact or? As long as they're still there with me, as long as they're still there and they're still talking to me and we still have a conversation going, then... At that point, I know that they're at least somewhat interested and I'll go for the number. So I, I don't care, you know, if, you know, if they're giving me great eye contact or not, I'm going to stay in and keep talking to them. Now, if they leave, they leave and I know they're not interested. But if they're in that conversation, I'm going to be asking her out. And you'd be surprised, even though a woman may not look interested, could be because she's shy. So you cannot make assumptions. So again, as long as she's still there, I know that she's interested and then I'll ask her out. And do you think that's probably one of these things that a lot of guys pick up and they're too busy looking for where's her eyes, where's her, like, you know, how's her body language? Is it open or is it closed? Or, you know, is she going to speak to her friends? Oh, I mean, she's not in interested in me. Have we kind of become so, sort of 
bogged down in the the sort of the, the bullshit of meeting and chatting and you know try to build an attraction that we've forgotten how to just be in the moment well i think that yeah that's definitely the case is you definitely forget to be in the moment and the big problem is is that's stuff that you just don't need to be thinking about or or paying too much attention to that stuff is not important and it's gonna it's gonna just make your head into a jumble so i make it simple is she there is she talking to me is she responding to me? Is she asking me questions? If she is, awesome, great. I'm going to move forward to the next step and I'm going to ask her out as long as I'm talking to her for enough time. I wish I'd found your stuff sooner because I spe- I can't think of the number of times I was sitting in an interaction thinking, right, if they say that, then I've got to move it to the words here and I'm going to do this. And I remember I blew this amazing chance. There's, this girl was like really nice in a nightclub and I started going, playing up to this character that the thing, there's some routine, and she kind of just looked at me like I just like shit on her Christmas dinner or something like that. You know, I was just like, yeah, that's just not me. But now she's walking away thinking, what an arsehole. And I can remember thinking that that's it, I'm changing. So I just started being myself, and I strangely found people liked the the version of me. But we have these limiting beliefs, like you talk about. But one of the big things people are limited by is the belief of social anxiety you know they think they, they're too afraid to approach people and that this is wrong with them does social anxiety exist if so how can we well, get yeah, rid of social it? anxiety absolutely does exist but the way to get over it and the way that you're going to get over it is by making sure that you're consistently doing approaches and approaching women and I know that sounds like a catch-22. It's like, well, how can I do that if I have approach anxiety? Well, what you're going to do is you're just going to make sure that you're doing one little baby step at a time. So there is something you can do. There's always something that you're able to do, you know, in terms of being able to socialize. There's always something that you can say to someone. There's always an approach that can be had. There's always going up and asking directions somewhere. I mean, anyone who I've, who I've worked with who has, who's got bad social anxiety, they're able to do even the easiest of approaches. So it's just this matter of desensitizing a person through their fear of socializing with these little baby steps. And it might take some person a long time. You know, it might take them a long time, but that's just going to be their path. And they're just going to have to go through it and do a little baby step at a time. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. You go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. I definitely struggled with it. It was one of those things where you would go out and you'd build it up in your head and then you'd almost talk yourself out of it by waiting and waiting. And then, you know, people could pick up on that sort of nervous energy. Do you take your clients, for example, out like for a couple of drinks before, you know, what do you think about going, you know, um, people using alcohol for like the, you know, social lubricant? How do you feel about people getting desensitized to the environment? You know, they're maybe not used to clubs or pubs. Should we just look to go out and meet people like day game, night game, all these kind of things that kind of throw in? How would you start somebody meeting the type of person they want, not just a girl. So you, no drinking, no alcohol. I don't want them to be intoxicated in any way whatsoever. I want them to be in coherent mind because that's just a quick fix and it's not going to do anything for you, you know, because imagine if you're trying to work on this stuff and you see a girl at the grocery store and you finally want to approach this girl, but you've only been practicing under the influence. What are you going to do? Run to your car and take a few shots of Jack Daniels? Probably not, right? So you need to make it so it's sustainable and something that you can do all the time. So I say no alcohol, and you just have to make a plan to go out a certain amount of days per week with a plan of doing a certain amount of approaches so you can actually accomplish something here and do this 
in a way that it's going to create a habit for you. And the better and the more that, the, how should I say, the more specific and tangible the goal and the habit is, the more likely you'll do it. If it's vague and you're like, okay, I'm going to do some approaches this week, you're probably not going to end up doing it. But if you say on Thursday at 12 o'clock, I'm going to go out for one hour and do three approaches, you're much more likely to do it. So you got to make sure that everything is concrete, specific, and that it's something that's achievable, something you can actually do. If it's too hard, you won't do it, right? Even if it's easy, that's fine. If you notice, wow, that was too easy, you'll just do another type of approach and you'll take it one step up. Because now's the perfect time where everybody kind of are getting, everybody wants to be social again and getting out and meeting people. And I know we've got all these kind of restrictions, but people are now really keen to kind of meet new people and just start being social again. And I think this is a struggle. It's a lot of people are saying, yeah, but I'm just coming out my divorce. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm still trying to get over my ex. Or how do we avoid these kind of like putting people on pedestals? How do we avoid like one-itis or fixation on you know one particular girl? Because I've struggled with that. My um, one girl I met called Anna, I was head over heels in love. So when we broke up, I was shit i was shit creek like you know i was just terrible i had no interaction skills i had no interest and all i did was pine for her and look at everything in rose tinted specs and you know i think we kind of lose our ego um and we lose our sort of confidence in ourselves so for people who are struggling in this area how can we move on from sort of sexual hang-ups or frustrations or you know, from heart, emotional baggage, her heart even? I think it really all comes down to the self. The reason why you're putting women on a pedestal and the reason why you're so needy for women is because you don't look at yourself as valuable. So the second you start mm. looking at it as a woman is, is really valuable, you're basically just saying, I'm not good enough, which basically means you're saying, I don't respect myself and I don't think that I, I offer value. So the, you know, so the ultimate is turning it all around and thinking and believing this girl, as pretty as she is, as cool as she is, would be lucky to have me. Now, you can say that all day long and you might not believe it. So you have to actually do the things that are going to make you a valuable person. So if you're a guy who's not going after what he wants, who's not working on his goals, who isn't succeeding in anything in his life, who isn't you know, doesn't have a nice friend group around him. Remember, we're talking about outer qualities. And again, this is not having to do with being rich and being good looking. You got to throw that out the window. Okay. Because again, you're always going to be competing. If that's the game you want to play, then you'll, you'll be competing on that forever. And also attraction is subjective. You know, one girl might like you who's, you know, let's say you think she's beautiful and she might say, yeah, you're not her type. And another girl equally as beautiful might be like, oh, that guy is my type. You just never know. So you just optimize all those things. But you got to make sure that you're creating a life and working on the self and your self-esteem enough to the point where you realize, wow, a woman would be actually lucky to have, like really, not just some you know, fun little uh, nice thing to say to yourself in the morning and and you know, repeating mantras and things like that, but really believing I am a quality guy. And if you don't believe that, then you better start working on the things that make you feel that way. You know, and it doesn't have to be, again, being super rich and good looking, but working on the things in your career, doing cool things in terms of skills or hobbies. Again, having good friends around you, having an interesting lifestyle. That doesn't mean traveling around the world in jets and and being rich, but you know, as long as you're doing things on a on a weekly basis and and traveling a little bit or doing something interesting with your life. You know, if you don't think your life is interesting and you're not fulfilled in your life, no woman's going to think the same about you. So you need to make sure that you're doing things that really fulfill, you know, all these different areas. So then you can believe that you are a 10. And then you won't be so needy for a while. Because I, I definitely was needy for a while. And I know a lot of friends who were, and, you know, it was that moment of, yeah, that I need that girl. I need a girlfriend. I have to. She fits this hole and that in my that I know is missing from me and all this kind of bullshit, you know. And it's only since the last couple of years where I've kind of really just settled into myself and finally with the podcast and do my own stuff. I kind of realised it's like 
I don't need a girlfriend. I would like one when you know when I do date. I'm kind of like, yeah, as long as they fit in to my life and they don't kind of change me and stuff. You know, and it's when I look back at who I was to where I am now. I go, jeez. But it's hard to explain it to somebody when you see them doing it, and it's a bit, it's a kind of a voyage of your own to be comfortable in your own skin and kind of realize that yeah you're a prize it's you know they should be interested in you as much as you're interested in them but something i I was really interested in um is the idea of like storytelling and how humans communicate through stories and how we kind of can build attraction through stories but a lot of people struggle in that you know they can go up and say oh do you want a drink in that but they can't hold the attention of somebody they can't build intents or build like make it fanny and stuff like that have you got tips on being a sort of not a jack of the box, but being somebody that kind of can, you know, be funny, can give and take, can make them work for it, and you know, just kind of be a fun guy? Probably is a better way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, I think that in order to have a more interesting conversation, you just got to focus more on the emotions and details of things. So if you're just spitting out facts and you're being very vague with what you're talking about, it's not very interesting. So you want to make sure that when you're telling stories, you're very detailed, you're very specific, and you're talking about how things felt because that's going to be more interesting. So for example, let's say you said, hey, have you traveled anywhere interesting lately? And I was like, oh, yeah, I went to, um, let's see, where have I gone recently? I went to Costa Rica and it was a really good time. Most guys might just say that just because they don't know what else to say and they want to just get something out and they think that's good enough, right? Ooh, they went to Costa Rica. Okay, that's that's okay. It's cool that you went there and and that you can actually say that, but that's not really enough, you know? You can say something like, oh, yeah, you know, I went to Costa Rica. It was amazing. So that was my second time there. I went for a week and I was doing all kinds of things, paddleboarding in the ocean. The ocean was so warm and beautiful. I stayed at this really amazing resort that was on this cliff, and I would see the sunrise and the sunset every day because it was on this peninsula, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's way different than being like, oh, yeah, I went to Costa Rica. It was a really good time. I can't wait to go again. But diving into things, not being afraid to go into things and describe them in detail and make the person more interested in what you're saying by telling them what it was like for you. I even like to ask that question to to make the conversation more interesting, saying something along, along the lines of, what was that like for you? So she says a really boring answer, and she's like, oh, yeah, I went to France uh, a couple months ago. I would say, well, what was it like? Great question to ask girls, by the way, because then they're going to go into detail. They're going to say how they felt about it, and then it's going to relive the moment when they were inside of it. It's going to make the conversation more interesting for you, that's for sure, but it's also going to make the conversation more interesting for her so she gets to describe it, and then you guys can talk deeper on that level. So I always like to make sure I'm being specific and detailed in anything I'm saying. So if you're not a good storyteller, you don't know how to build something up and then introduce it and then go to a climax and a conclusion and all that stuff, you don't need that stuff. You just need to be detailed, say what it was like for you, say why you liked it, and just give a little bit more than the facts. And how then do we avoid being... Because something I used to do was like, I'd be chatting about it. And, oh, how's you going to do it? But I would never know how to ramp it up towards asking for a number or asking to go on a date or things like that. And I really struggled with that. And I blunted my way into it a lot of times. You know, I'd just randomly say it. And thankfully, it would pick up enough attraction. In some cases, they would just go, oh, yeah, cool, let's go. And they would always laugh about it when we were dating later on. I would say, every time we talked about how we met, is there... I mean, is there really such a thing as the key time to ask for a number, a key time to ask for a date? Or is it just a case of you're enjoying speaking to somebody, just ask them for the date? You know, how how do you work that sort of angle with your with if your you clients? If you want to just make this easy for yourself, I'd say it's keep it time-based. You're talking to a girl and it's a daytime approach or at a grocery store, 10 to 15 minutes. She sticks along that enough, long enough for 10 to 15 minutes your chances of getting her number versus talking to her for two minutes are exponentially higher. 
So think about a time-based. You go out to a bar or a club or a party. It should be a little bit longer because it's somewhere where you'd socialize anyways. So you kind of need longer to really show that it's you guys making a connection. So it would be about 20 to 30 minutes. Then I would go for the number. So think about it time-based because, you know, the thing is, is a guy might not get the signs. Like I said earlier, right? He might not get the signs that the girl's interested, but she might be. She's just a little nervous or a little, you know, socially awkward. But then you ask for a number thinking this girl's definitely going to say no, and she says yes. Or, you know, you're talking to a girl and three minutes go by and she's touching you and she's all over you and this is great. And you're like, I'm just going to go for the number now. And she's like, oh, no, no, sorry. You know, because she doesn't really feel like she knows you that well. And she was just being a little bit flirty because that's her personality. But you can't beat time. The more time you spend with a girl, the more invested she becomes, the more interested she is, and the higher chance of getting a number. So focus more on time and then fill in the blank with conversation, with stories, with asking her a couple of questions, and with just a little bit of flirtation. With flirtation, it's just very simple. You know, maybe one compliment, nothing too big, you know, being able to tease them a little bit when you're talking to them. And keeping it really simple and just being a cool, normal, chill guy. Do that for 10 to 15 minutes. Have multiple of those conversations. Guarantee you get a bunch of numbers. That's a fantastic way of looking at it because I think I've read too many of these books or read all these articles when I was younger and it was like, you have to do this and she has to do that. And you know, I think it spoils it for a lot of guys who get into pickup to meet women because they feel that they're you know they're not confident enough or whatever and they become these sort of shallow versions of themselves and i'll speak to some girls and they'll say you know you'll get the number and later on and i'll go i didn't think you were into me and they'll say oh yeah i just don't ask for the number if a guy wants my number he has to ask for it and i was thinking if i never asked for it at the time if i didn't feel confident enough to go for it like you just never know what's happening you know and how should you deal with rejection because i've ended up dating girls who've said no to me originally and i've met them else, elsewhere and they don't even remember saying no to you at the time in that nightclub or the pub because they were having a bad day or they were interested in somebody else at the time or you know there's a multitude of other reasons but how's your a lot of people don't even go in try the game because they're afraid of getting rejected how should we look at rejection is it just a learning curve is there such a thing as rejection because you get the social experience? I mean, from yeah, it? that's basically that's the big idea there is that every single interaction is positive. The second you go in there thinking it's binary, meaning you have two choices, it's either she rejects me or she doesn't, you're setting yourself up for failure because you are going to get rejected. It's just going to happen. Maybe not every time, but then this is a really crappy way about going about this process where you're like, okay, am I going to feel crappy? because I get rejected, or am I going to feel awesome because she doesn't reject me? It's just not a really great way to learn something. You have to take out the judgment from it. So the best thing you could do is go into an interaction thinking about, okay, I get experience and I get a chance to meet someone, to talk to someone, to have a good conversation, and to practice whatever I'm trying to get better at in my social skills, because there's always something to work on. Maybe it's storytelling, maybe it's flirting, maybe it's just the approach itself. So every, uh, every approach is an opportunity and it's a learning lesson. So it's really inherently always positive and always good, even if they do reject you. Because at the end of the day, there's nothing you're going to be able to do to get every single woman to like you. It's just not possible. It really isn't. So you got to go into the situation not expecting much of it. Don't expect a rejection or or. or not a rejection, just go into it non-judgmental and focus more on the interaction than the outcome of the interaction. And that's going to help you tremendously in that. That's another great point. And for people who are looking at this in terms of, yeah, but I could go and um, I could join a dating app or I could do Tinder and things like that. Do you think this is why there's kind of that um, shallow surface level on a lot of these sort of dating sites and a lot of people don't have much of it. You know, there's not much to them is that where they're so used to dealing with the shallow side of dating. Unfortunately, they're not used to the, to being true to themselves. How do you mean exactly? 
Well, I was just thinking, like, I mean, when like, I go into sort of like in these dating apps, I tend to find that sometimes there's people there that when you ask them a question, they're just not, they don't know how to respond to it because they're so used to being complimented on their looks and stuff like that. Do you find, I mean, do you find that with, because we can now flick through, we don't really get, we're not used to getting to know people. We're just judging straight away on looks, on the pictures, on the, you know, the, the text. A lot of we, a lot of the young people have forgotten how to build attraction, build connections. Uh, maybe. It's tough to say because I really feel like, you know, we've always been, at least for guys, well, girls too. I mean, you see a person, you know, if you're physically attracted to them or not, and that's going to make or break you wanting to talk to them. So whether that's on an online dating app or in person, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it is to a hyper level nowadays because we're doing this on our phones and we're, we're doing it with, you know, over a hundred women in about, you know, 10 minutes versus maybe a couple women you might see when you're walking around. So it could have, have an effect on people. But I think at the end of the day, the biggest problem that I think is, is just the paradox of choice. It's just the idea that because there's so much choice, how do you choose? So once you do start getting good at this, you just got to be careful with not just hopping from one woman to the next. If you're looking for relationships specifically, of course, if you're not, um, then that wouldn't pertain to someone like that. But it just gets a little, a little challenging with that, you know? And how would you then work on, say you get a couple of numbers, you're interested in them, you know, you're not, you're not doing this sort of pickup thing of playing the field if that's not what you're into. Um, how would you start using like the phone, like for calls on texts, you know, because there's always a game when I used to do pickup, you know, there's always a phone game or a text game or, and I just thought, I just want to chat to them. But how should you deal with taking that next step? Once you've set, you want to get the number, you want to start building towards dates. Like, how what, how would you set up a date? How would you set up using your texts to to keep that intrigue, find out more about them, build the connection? So, how do you? So you're saying how do you set up the date? Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of people get numbers, but then they don't really go anywhere because they don't know then how to keep uh-huh. it going. Well, it's on the phone call or text or the system I have is you got to set up a, a, you got to set up a date as soon as possible. So you got to make sure that when you get their number, you text them the next day, the next afternoon, and you ask them right away. You you say, Hey, this is trip. Nice meeting you yesterday. And they'll say, Hey, nice to meet you. And then you'll say, when are you free this week? Let's grab a drink or let's grab some coffee. If you don't drink alcohol. You got to set up the date right away so you can have momentum, so you can actually make sure that you're keeping up with attraction. If you wait too long to text them, if you wait too long to, you know, just chit chat and and you're just chatting on text all day and you're waiting too long to ask them out, it's going to be a big problem. So you got to make sure that you're doing it right away to keep up with the momentum of the original interaction where you got attraction. So get them on a date. Get them on a date as soon as they can. Pick a spot. Don't do a fancy dinner. Make it easy. Grab a drink, and boom, you're on your way. That's what I say for all first dates. And is there a need to go and use um, like Tinder and all these kind of apps as well, or are there cracks that people would use to kind of not go out, but or should they be used in sort of comparison with going? Got to use both. Got to use both. Don't be just approaching in person. Don't just be using online dating. There are women in person who are not going to be online. And there are women that will be online that you'll probably never meet in person. So get both opportunities and work on both simultaneously. So you have as many leads as possible, which means you have as many opportunities as possible to meet a woman that you're interested in. And so say we've got the date, we've arranged the date and it's like a coffee date or it's you know, you want to take them to a certain art display or something like that, you know, that kind of highlights a part of your personality. How do you work then with a client, you know, to, um, to, to get dressed for it, to what to just, um, what to discuss on it, how to keep the date moving and keep it interesting and fun, you know, because 
there's a lot of this pickup thing of, oh, you need to be escalating with a touch and you need to be doing this, you need to do it. I always found that was just too much. I just like spending time with them. But how do we make sure we're not maybe becoming more of a friend than a potential physical interaction or love interest? Physical interaction. So you have to make sure that you are kissing them at the end of the first date, keeping things physical, and always escalating to sex. Because if you're not doing that, you're a friend. And the biggest difference between a friend and not a friend is just physical intimacy. So a lot of the guys will be scared to go for the kiss. You got to go for the kiss. You got to show them you're interested in this for something more than friendship. And the deal breaker there is being physical with each other. And are there certain traits that you've noticed like that a lot of girls hate? I mean, I know it probably depends on their sort of race, religion, upbringing, beliefs, all that sort of thing. But are there sort of universal traits that guys do that immediately go, oh, sod this? That, that, that what? That get them in trouble? Like mm. friend zone? Yeah, yeah. So I would say that the thing that I've seen the worst is not moving forward physically in an interaction and also being too available. If you're always too available and you're always there texting back right away, answering their calls right away, being available to hang out right away, you're making yourself too available, which makes you look needy and looks like you don't have a life. So those two things, bad. Don't be too available all the time to hang out and respond to their text messages and also make sure that you're still moving the interaction forward and being physical so you don't land in a friend zone, which is what most guys end up with because they're too scared to go for the kiss because they're scared of getting rejected. Well, before we kind of go into do another one and go really into the deeper stuff and really jump, you know, really sort of pick on the finer points because I've got so many more. I've kind of kept the general now. What do you want people to take from this? What would be the sort of that message you want people to remember about the initial, yes, you can get more girls, you can be more attractive and meet the people you want? I would say, don't get overwhelmed, start small. We talked about a lot of stuff in this podcast, and there's a lot of stuff to be worked on. Anything you do that moves you forward is great. Don't get stuck listening to podcasts all day. Don't get stuck watching videos all day going over course material, do what you can to just get out there. If you can't get out there and this is paralyzing to you, get a coach, hire someone, hire someone to help you, to push you and get you in the right direction. Meaning do what you can to get out there. And once you're stuck, get the help that you need. That's going to make it so you actually get results. Focus on taking action and not sitting in your house all day, listening, watching and reading stuff got to take action. Even if it's a little approach, going out there, talking to one girl, talking to a bartender, talking to the gas station clerk, whatever it may be, make sure you're just always moving forward. And if not, and you're stuck, get the help that you need. That's what I would say would be the biggest thing. Perfect. Well, until the next time, how can people keep reading more about your stuff, getting an update on you, you know, come and work with you, Read, see your social media. That yeah, totally. That you can look me up, Trip Advice, on Google if you want to find all the things. If you want to listen to my podcast and you like podcasts, come over to How to Talk to Girls. That's my podcast, which is on all the platforms. So you'll find it literally wherever you're listening to your podcast right now. And if you're like, nope, I'm ready to don't need more podcasts, like let's jump in and I want to work with you and I want to just start coaching and get this part handled so I can get it handled fast, then just go to Coached buytrip.com and you can apply to work with me and we can we can coach together and if you're not ready for that that's totally fine that could be a big jump for some guys head over to the podcast listen to that and and learn some more about meeting women attraction social anxiety and uh and getting the women that you're attracted to well that's it for another week and thank you for listening it's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. 
If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.